Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. We got a bunch of stuff coming at you between the Stanley Cup final going on and the awards from last week. We're going to recap those. But before we get into it, I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steven, Stack. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Um, I had a nice, unexpected four-day weekend. Um, Friday, it rained. So, no, no, no. Friday, it rained. So, we didn't have to work Friday. Saturday and Sunday, obviously, being the weekend. And then I had off yesterday because it was the day after the 4th. So, I had a nice little four-day weekend. So, that was nice. I feel regenerated, recuperated, and all the other re-energized. I don't know. But, yeah. So, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, how about you, Stack? Um. I definitely didn't have four days off in a row, but uh, I had the second half of the 4th of July off and had to have a nice, got to have a nice little party with my friends, saw my family, and yesterday and today I've been doing fuck all, um, starting off on a good note there, but um, yeah, I haven't really done much of anything, uh, moved around my room, um, always refreshing to do that every once in a while, you know, and then um, helped my dad with some mulch today and Still hunting for a new car, but it's not really going anywhere. You know, my my dad really wants me to get this Subaru Outback. And it's a nice car and all, but do I scream Subaru Outback to you? No. <laughs> no. If, 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 it was a Subaru, if it was a WRX, then yes. I was going to say a Rex or a... um um. What's the other Subaru? Civic? No, that's Honda. That's Jeep. Honda. That's my car. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like. I don't like Subaru. So I've there's a, there's another one that's not an Outback. That's kind of like the Rex, but like not as like crazy. See, for me, my whole thing is Subarus, Hondas, Toyotas, like any of those, I would take because the longevity is there, and they aren't bad cars in the first place, but. I don't want an Outlander, an Outback. Um, no, or an Outlander for that matter either. Right, yeah, that too. But that's besides the point. We could talk cars all, all day, I'm sure. But um, Steve, how are you doing? Well, I'm not taking my little Elantra shitbox to any Outback steakhouses anytime soon, but I, I wouldn't be complaining too much about cars if I were you. Anywho, uh, I'm glad to be back on the show. Last week sucked ass having, you know, no power for a while when it was 90 outside. And, you know, it cut out at 930 at night on a Monday. So perfect end to a Monday. Uh, yeah, had to pack up our shit in the dark and go over to my girlfriend's parents place because they had power and she had homework. What ended but, up like? Why did it go out? What happened? Uh, first, a branch fell onto some power lines. So that knocked out some of the neighborhood, but we were fine. And then the resulting usage literally exploded a line underground. Oh, that's fun. So <laughs> yeah, that, that did the rest of the neighborhood in. How long did you go without power? Uh, almost 24 hours. We got it back like af late afternoon on, on Tuesday. But by that time, I got to restock the house and, you know, get it from 85 in the house to some reasonable temperature and do all that. Oh, we no longer have food thing. <laughs> so that, that was that was fun. 
Well, good to be back and had had a good weekend. I had four days off from accounting job, but I worked two shifts for Wegmans because uh, money. And but the highlight of the weekend it definitely was I cooked up some swordfish on the grill. Hadn't had those since uh, my parents moved south in August of last year. So they came out real well, and I'm very proud of myself. That's what you were cooking. I was trying to figure out what you were cooking, but I couldn't tell. It it didn't look very good, and I thought it, because I thought it was steak, and I was like, "That is not what steak should look like." It's, it's a very white steak. <laughs> it is steak yes. of the sea, though. Yes. <laughs> well, Luke, how are you doing? Um, I I only had a three day weekend. Um, so. You, you two over there must be nice to have the four day weekend. Me and Stack had to work at least a little bit. I told you I worked two shifts. <laughs> hey, yes, that was your own choice. I don't, I don't, I don't care about you having to work that. You could have had off. What's your point? Get got. Um, I, I had a wild Fourth of July, and that's a story for closing time. But other than that, it was, it's been nice. I've been living. I'm off tomorrow once again i'm recording the night before i am off so it's a great feeling and real quick before we get into some league news that's happened that car by the way is a subaru subaru impreza that's the car i was trying to think of oh there it is yeah oh yeah i wouldn't mind one of those exactly but i don't remember asking hey 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 we actually we kind of did we kind of did I'm I'm sorry. I had a week off, so I've just too much sass built up. So you guys will have to give it back to me, otherwise I saw some I'll be the, out of control. I saw some of the sass last night in the group chat when we were talking about the Canadians Tampa game, and you were just like, "I don't care," and I was like, "Okay, Steve." <laughs> oh, don't you worry. There there will be sass given back when we run down the award winners and look back at who we thought were going to be the award winners. But before we get over there. Uh, two signings happen out of Minnesota in the past week, one being Joel Erickson X signing an eight-year, $42 million deal, $1 million more than uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, if anyone's curious about that. I find it a little funny. Um, and Nick Bustad signs a one-year, $900,000 deal. Thoughts? Very good signing, I think. They're keeping around, like, everybody. And apparently... I've heard the rumor of Kaprizov not being talked to is very false. Bill Guerin is like, no, we've been in contract talks with them. They're going smoothly. So it doesn't sound like they're close, but they are talking to him. They but said they're bringing a lot of their core back, which is going to be very good for next year's team. I think they're going to probably bring everybody back and maybe even add a couple of people if they can. They, they have said that Kaprizov's talks will continue next week. Um, as we get closer to the expansion draft and the um, draft itself. Yeah. I think the sticking point on that I heard was their, uh, their group wants to go short-term Kaprizov's crew, you know, to maximize their earning potential when they hit UFA. But uh, Garen wants to go long-term obviously and lock them up. So yeah. I forget. It's honestly probably like a like a four year difference or a three year difference. I bet. Like I bet Kaprizov wants three or four years, and Garen probably wants six or seven. It'll be three because we we forget. Yeah, he's a rookie, but he's twenty four. So in three years he'll be UFA. 
Yeah, that's true. And in three years, he'll be 27. But at the same time, that's probably why they want to lock him up till he's 30. Well, that's why Minnesota wants to lock him up. But it's understandable as to why they only want to sign like a three-year deal on Kaprizov's end right. because UFA, and that's where he'll make the money. Yeah, and yeah. as far as the guys they actually locked up, Buke said, good role player. He does. He can surprise you. He can play third line when he's on, fourth line when he's off, and then you can shoot him into the sun, and it's not worth anything because it's basically a league men contract, 900000 not much. But as far as Erickson Eck, and ever since John brought it up to us and we actually started paying attention to this guy, Holy crap, this is going to be the steal of the NHL in a couple of years. The guy had, what, 22 goals this year? He was, I think, third on the team in goals. Had a career year, and he's only getting better. He's excellent defensively. He is hes pretty much Ryan O'Reilly with less production. He had, in For 50, now. In 56 games played, he had 19 goals and 11 assists, and in seven games in the playoffs, he had three points. Yeah, and so, I mean, you throw Marco Rossi in the mix too, and their center centers are starting to look really good, especially if they uh, pick up some curly-headed fuck who wants out of Buffalo. One other guy I want to mention, not having signed a contract recently, is Marcus Foligno is the best teammate in the goddamn world. Every time something comes up about a Minnesota player, he's constantly just posting about it on his Instagram story. Like, oh, my God, yay, I'm so happy for you. And, like, yay, he's coming back. Like, it, I, I love Marcus Foligno, and he's so good for that team. Like, not just – I mean, he's not the biggest presence of a player on the ice, but he's a very good locker room presence, and they have a very good – I think he could be an assistant captain next year. So – Whatever you want to call it. So – Two, two things uh, I want to touch on before we move on here. Um, Bukesack taking a pay cut. Oh, yeah, for sure. Big pay cut. Mm-hmm. So, wish, obviously. Uh, I wish a certain blue and white team up north had players that would take pay cuts. <laughs> well, the thing with Bukesack is he signed that. I think it was a bridge deal. When he signed it, he had like a 50-point season. Yeah. yeah, he signed. He hasn't four. gotten close to that since. So now he, he's settled into third, fourth liner guy, and that's what he's going to get paid at. He he's signed a six-year, twenty-four point six million dollar contract in twenty fifteen with the Panthers. Um, the year before that, like leading up to that, he had forty-three points. The next season, he had thirty-four, fourteen with fourteen with the Panthers before he got traded. Uh, or no, 14 for the Panthers in his second year after that big deal. Um, 49, 14, and 12 when he split with the Penguins and the Panthers, and then 2 and 17 when he split with the Wild and the Penguins this year. So has not gotten anywhere close to that 50-point mark, except for his third year of of the last big deal. But I think it was a great deal for him and for the team because, like I said, that team clearly has a good core and good chemistry and they probably want to keep everybody around and everyone probably enjoys being there. Yeah. Now, before we let stack take some things away with uh trade that happened and award recap, uh, we, we, we did this last week and, and, and the week prior, I, I hate doing this every, like every week, but it keeps happening. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to, um, 
Mati Kiv Kivlan. You know, I still can't say his name. I know it's hard to say his name. Kivlenix. Um, him, him, the Columbus Blue Jackets organizations and his family um, after a tragic accident this past weekend that he passed away from. So our thoughts and prayers again go out to his family and everyone that knew him. Uh, I, I hate doing this every week. <laughs> I, it sucks. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. We we saw Rene Robert and um, Pasternak's son. Yeah, Pasternak's son passed the past couple of weeks, and now Kev Lennox. And I, I want to stop, man. Especially because you know I work with death every day, but that's just me. <laughs> but with that being said. Stack, I believe there was a trade that happened. Um, and why don't you uh, fill us and the listeners in on what that was? Yeah, there's a pretty sizable trade that could be indicative of more moves to come from a certain team down in, uh, down in uh, Nashville. So the Predators traded away Victor Arvidsson to the LA Kings for a 2021 second, was it? Yep, and a 2022 third. Right. Okay. I knew it was the second and the third, but the two and the three confused me with the years because, <laughs> you know, either way, a second and a third round pick, and the third round is next year's draft, second round is this year's draft. Um, one of his teammates, uh, Philip Forsberg, quickly took to Instagram to express his distaste for the deal, um, obviously losing a good friend and a good teammate for pretty much pennies on the dollar because Arvidsson had a bad year the last year, but last few years he's been pretty outstanding on a team that doesn't score very much. I really wouldn't say it was a problem. I wouldn't say it was a bad year for him. He had 25 points in 50 games in a short, a COVID shortened season. Jason Um, Spezza had 30. Uh, Okay. All right. That's that. When you put it that way, (laughs) but, but he's signed through 2024 at 4.25. Now, you look back two years ago, he had 48 points in 58 games. Year before that, 61 and 78. Year before that, 61 and 80. So, I don't think this is a very good deal at all for Nashville. I mean, um, I almost said Tampa. Jeez. LA made out like bandits with this. I mean, this is just crazy. So, so the, the, the issue though, is that Nashville was losing hope in Arvidsson yeah. the past couple of years. He's been declining. Cause he just, he, he, he's, he's a forward that likes to use skill and speed that on a team like Nashville, that doesn't really use that. And doesn't know like kind of what it's like mantra really is. It was hard for him to really succeed there. Right. It's just it's so weird to look at because they don't have much at all coming up to the pipeline. I mean, they have, I guess you could say they have Igor Afanasyev, and they have Philip Tomasino, and they have, um, oh, I thought they had a uh, Yaroslav Askarov. They do. Oh, it's not listed here on Cap Friendly. That's why it was confusing me. Probably, but, probably because he plays overseas or something. Yeah, but he's not Cap even forward. Like guys that have contracts. No, there's people on there without. Oh well, he doesn't have his ELC. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but it's just you don't have forwards coming up the pipe. Duchene, uh not Duchene. I'm sorry. Um, but, well, yeah, Matt Duchene, Ryan Johansson, 
they're both getting up there in age. They're not really performing as you would like. Philip Forsberg, obviously not very happy with this going into a contract year. So I don't know. Nashville might be falling apart in the next couple of years here. So, so big, like big headline the past like couple of days, especially with the expansion draft coming up, is the moves that Nashville is making, like this Arvidsson trade, is because Poyle has already been in talks with GM Ron Francis over in Seattle to try to strike a deal for who they take. Cause this is going to be the start of a very busy offseason for Nashville. Yeah. A lot of retooling is going to be done there. Um, they they got to sign Paula and Granlin. Maybe just, just out of the, no, they're, they're, well, they're on, on signed free agents technically. Maybe if how, they sign much, them. Right. How much cap space do they have? Josh, are you, are you on their cap friendly? Yeah, so they have 22 million projected. Well, almost 23 million projected right now, and yeah, the big names they have to are Granlin and Howell. I I have a feeling they're going to be big players in this free agent market, with guys like Taylor Hall, with guys like Dougie Hamilton. You know they love their defense. Um, Dougie Hamilton, we know he's not. He doesn't play that big body style, but that dude's like six six. He could he could lay the body if he wanted to. Um, I could see them making serious runs at guys like that. Hopefully not another uh, Minnesota with Parise and Suter type thing, but yeah, it <laughs> uh, could be similar. But I mean, think of it this way. If you go the Dougie Hamilton route, you'd have Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm. You have Dante Fabro, who is a RFA. And then you could also have Dougie Hamilton. That right there is an elite set of five defensemen. Like, that is an incredible – defensive core with yeah, those, those three guys you named off the bat were enough to really get them to the playoffs this year right exactly you know I, mean? I think i don't think they should go dougie hamilton i think they need to go more forwards than defensemen yeah i agree you well, know what's uh, while we're in the central and we're near you know we're in the midwest have you guys been seeing that uh st louis is reportedly shopping tarasenko yeah, that's it's been a big talk. Hmm. He's been a big talk, and like I said, this Arvidsson train is just the start of a very busy off season for a Nashville Predators team. I think just for the league in general, really, like this is this is this is the off season that you want to rebuild. Like this is where a lot of big names are going to be moved very often, and a lot of big name free agents are going to go to unexpected places. And there are a lot of teams who, in these playoffs, were extremely disappointed by their performances at all levels of their organization. Leafs is pretty obvious, but there's also Pittsburgh. Um, The Islanders lost in the conference final for the second year in a row. Um, Vegas won. Um, Edmonton got swept. Uh, Colorado was was one Nazem Kadri suspension not happening away. Um, and they're reportedly trying to, they might try to get rid of Kadri now too, but. And they're also reportedly in on Eichel. (laughs) If they get him, I'm, I'm turning off my brain. (laughs) That would be so much fun though. Give me McKinnon, McKinnon, McKinnon for Eichel. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No. One guy for. They have a lot of pieces there that I would like. Yeah. Anything I mean you would get literally anything except for McKinnon in they, a in an Eichel trade. No. Uh 
no. Uh, Randon's not going anywhere. Oh, nor is McCarr. Now, but Randon McCarr, yeah. Targets would be Alex Newhook, Tyson Jost might be a good piece. Uh, Kadri. If you could squeeze out a bone Byram out of them, I I don't think I I don't think, I they think would do that. Byram or Timmins. Timmins is probably more likely because Byram has more hype. Uh, but Colorado is very interesting because. McKinnon said it is and your press conference. Like they haven't won shit. So yeah. they're gonna want to go for it while McKinnon is literally saying, Yeah, I'll take a discount to get more players in here. So okay, you get Jack Eichel and you roll with two lines that can't be stopped. Eichel can literally be stopped when he is on the ice. If you look at the underlying numbers with him on the ice versus off the ice with the Sabres, all teams did against them was survive Eichel and kill the other three lines. It was like uh, goals percentage, they had like 55% of the goals when Eichel was on there and 39% of the goals when Eichel was not on the ice. That's why the Sabres suck. So if you throw McKinnon's line's going to be sick. Last thing I want to mention before we jump into the sick. awards um, that were given out last week. One one team and one name wasn't mentioned from the playoffs. They were talking about, you know, found players that, you know, didn't live up to what they usually do. Washington, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Big talks of him going to Seattle in the expansion draft. There's also talks of Oshi as well. I think Oshi stays. Mm-mm. I think I'd think... rather keep Oshi, honestly. Oshi I don't does think a lot of, either. How Oshi about does a lot of other things, even if he's not scoring, and he's amazing in the shootout, so that's another plus on him. And Osh. Shootouts don't happen in playoffs. Kuznetsov is worse. And makes more, and he's Russian, so fuck him. <laughs> I mean, I think Bolshevik. I think you could see both of them leave, possibly. But I think they see Oshi as another Ovechkin, where he's he's with that team the rest of his career. I don't even know if Ovechkin's going to stay there. There's rumors of him going to the K. <laughs> but mm, no, those have rumors of Russians going to the K. That that one has been debunked so is, many times. It is just a. It is a contract negotiation tactic. That's all but it is. The only, way I, the only way I could see Oshi and Kuznetsov leaving is if Oshi goes to Seattle and Kuznetsov goes elsewhere. It's not going to be the other way around. They wouldn't trade Oshi. They would just leave They're, him unprotected. Kuznets, I think Kuznetsov goes to Seattle. I'm putting that down on paper right now. Everyone's listening to this. Everyone hears this. Kuznetsov goes to Seattle. You know, Josh... I don't think you're too far off, but you never know because the Florida Panthers trade. I'm, I don't know which way it was, but it was either they traded Marcheseau to Vegas so they would take Riley Smith. Yeah, and yeah, now look at those guys. It could be a hey, we'll give you Oshi if you take Kuznetsov. Right, and if we see that happen, or if we see a guy like Kuznetsov taken, or a guy like Oshi taken, if even one of them goes there. We're going to see Vegas 2.0 if the rest of the league does what Washington would, could do. Like, if if guys like Kuznetsov go to Seattle, I bet you any money we will see a Vegas 2.0. Because I'm not saying Kuznetsov is great, but he needs a culture change. He needs a scenery change. If more guys like him go to Seattle, I think we see Vegas 2.0. I mean, if we see young guys like like a guy like Tuck go to Seattle – guy like Carlson like it's just I, I hope everyone learned their lesson last time <laughs> yeah 
They're so, GMs. They're idiots. Of course they didn't <laughs> learn their lesson. <laughs> that being said, as we're recording, the expansion draft is 14 days away on July 20th. So I'm sure we'll have more information as soon as we hear what Ross what as soon as we hear what players each team is going to be protecting or is rumored to be protecting. But with that, we're going to jump into some awards and how they went. And I'm going to let Stack take it away for us. All right. So in this section, of course, as Luke mentioned, we're going to be going through who won the NHL awards this year. And alongside that, Josh is going to help me dunk on all of us because he's going to have our original choices from the beginning of the season on who was going to win what for the awards. Before we get into this, I will say I listened back to what we were talking about. One, we had some very hot takes at the beginning of the season that almost 99% of them became false. Two, we all sounded a lot more alive six months ago. We all sound very sad and tired now. (laughs) With that, though, Stack, take it away. So to that end, yeah, definitely work, uh, definitely pandemic, definitely school but speaking of school um let's start with the you know quote unquote rookie award the calder trophy so josh before we announce who won it this year who were our original calder choices well my choice was marco rossi and obviously that didn't pan out um luke's choice was dylan luke's choice was dylan cousins steve picked igor shesterkin um, and Stack, you had three choices of Homer choice of Nick Robertson and either Byram, Bowen Byram or Alexi Lafreniere. Well, uh, <laughs> were either way, those guys close. Who did I choose again? You chose Dylan Cousins. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Marco Rossi got his season derailed and well, his life derailed because he was uh, one of those uh, COVID long haulers, they call them, when your symptoms or what getting COVID lasts for you way longer and you have a lot of complications. He couldn't play nearly at the level he was drafted at. So Shesterkin, it sucks for the Rangers because he could have been really good, but they played in one of the better divisions this year, or at least the more top-heavy. And the Rangers, even though they were a playoff team in every other division, missed the playoffs. Um, yeah. So, anyways, the player who did win the Calder was obviously Kirill Kaprizov. Um, it was a really tight hit, uh, race with him and Nick Robertson's brother. So I was sort of close in a roundabout way. Um, That's why I did want to specify that it was Nick. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, Kirill Kaprizov pretty much won in a landslide after his performance in the playoffs as well. So, real quick before we jump on the next award, first, congrats, Kirill Kaprizov, on winning the Calder. You could see a winner of the Calder from the same team two years in a row next year. If Rossi comes back and he's very good and he's healthy, then yes. I saw where you were going with that as soon as you put your hand up. I saw the light bulb above your head. <laughs> Honestly, I think more likely in that scenario, because I think Rossi might need a little time to adjust. Matt Boldy. Don't sleep on Matt Boldy. 
True, true. That's... He's going to need to take a, a very large step forward after, you know, everyone was kind of screwed over for almost a year. But he did get to play at BC again. So he's done well there. We'll see what happens. I, I, I don't think he's signed yet. He might be going back to college. But Minnesota's got a couple of really nice prospects for a Jack Eichel trade. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say it now i'm sticking with my homer take for next year because robertson could still technically be a rookie next year matt Boldy is already signed he's going into his last year of his elc so that's interesting impossible he was in college no he he has been he is on cap friendly in the oh i'm sorry he's going into his second year of his elc i'm sorry that's what that's what this is showing me because he played 14 games of the Iowa Wild this year. Gotcha. So he burned at the end after he uh, college season ended. He burned the first year of his deal. Okay. Yes, and he had 18 points in 14 games of the Wild or the Iowa Wild. So take that as you will. All right. Well, taking it as we will. The next trophy we're going to look at is the Ted Lindsay, which is the most outstanding player in the league voted by the NHL Players Association. So basically, the best player in the league voted on by the players. Josh, who uh, are our choices? Okay, well, let's go Let's go ahead and start with you, Stack. You picked Jack Eichel. <laughs> um, Steve, you picked Nathan McKinnon. Luke picked uh, Dreisaitl. And I picked Matthews. Stack, who won it? Connor McDavid. So I was close. As if there Never was any doubt, Connor McDavid. Never heard of him. Connor McDusty. Who? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we need to say more with that. We pretty much all danced around who was going to win it, but we didn't say. Um, I, I was close. Yes. Should we make that our awards, like who was closest in a roundabout way award? Like, yeah. 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 So I got the first one because I said the brother of the guy who lost to the guy who won, right? Are we in agreement? Sure. It was your father's, mother's, nephew's, cousin's, former roommate. Exactly. Exactly. I, w- I will keep score as we are doing this as well. Word. Well, Luke has won. Golf rules, Golf. No, not golf rules. Get out of here. Golf rules, yes. Because Luke and Stack currently have one apiece, and me and Steve are zero on the board. Anyway, Stack, continue. Speaking of closest calls, the next one we're going to look at is the Vesna for the best goalie in the league. Josh, who did we pick? So I picked uh, Shesterkin. Stack, you picked Vasilevsky. Steve picked Price. And Luke picked Leonard. And I think Luke has to take this one. Because... And uh, Stack, Stack, who won that? Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, I, basically the same person. It's fine. Actually, no. I think Stack should get this one because Vasilevsky was second in voting. Ooh. I, Steve, your thoughts? I, 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 no, we're not doing RPS on a <laughs> audio show. Why not? Who gets a, all right, you, you guys mute yourselves and decide it while I rant. <laughs> all right, so with Price, I picked the wrong season where he'd be most valuable goaltender. Because he has carried that Montreal playoff price showed up. I predicted a very good carry price. It just happened to be playoff price and not regular season price where he looked old, dead, and broken. 
I think Price has a decent shot at a con Smythe. Unless, like, if, if Montreal doesn't win, he is the only candidate that could cross to con Smythe and take it away from one of the winners. I, but I have a Braden feeling Braden Point, unless Price yeah. wills them to a Game 7. Right. If they go to Game 7 and they lose, Price has a very good shot. But I think it's I'll either going to be Vasilevsky, Kucherov, or Point. It's like a it's point, no what, doubt. Theodore did that one year, right? Jose Theodore. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was yeah, a, it hasn't was, been no, done since. No, it was, I no, it was, it was Jaguar. Oh, oh, it, it was, was Jaguar. Thank you. Yep, that's right. The other French goalie. And it hasn't been done since, so. Correct. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think it'll be done either. Carey Price's save percentage, at least until last night, was sub 900. Yeah, because the first two games, or game one and three, he let up 11 goals just in two games. So, Oof. anyway. Well, anyways, next we're going to talk about the Norris for the best defenseman in the league. Josh, who'd we pick? <laughs> well, this is another one where we were very off the board. Um, Steve picked Petrangelo. Luke picked Petrangelo. Stack picked Heiskanen, and I picked Tori Krug. Wow. Big. <laughs> Big oof for me and for all of us, honestly. Just big yeah. oof. Yeah, I don't think any of us, none of us deserve it. Because St. Louis was going to be good. Stack, I think you were going because Dallas might bounce. No, we, we we chose. Oh, we chose. I chose we chose Petrangelo because of Vegas. Well, right. I'm, I was going in the head with a bat when I made that pick. Right? Yeah. Like, no one I don't Hedman. even think Petrangelo is that good. Like, well, none of us was, wanted to pick Hedman. I was impressed, I was oh, impressed with him this playoff. It was like, oh, right. This is why everyone says he's really good because I never really studied his game all that much. But yeah. wh- wh- uh, why? Right. Why would I not pick Hedman? Well, oh, Jack, so obvious. Who, who won, Stack? Adam Fox. In non-traditional no. NHL fashion, they didn't pick the old guy who's already won it a few times and deserved another. He really didn't deserve it in Victor Hedman. They picked the fresh new newcomer defenseman in Adam Fox. Now, what I will say is over the past couple of weeks, I have, be- I have been saying that Adam Fox deserves it. Yes, as is, so, as is the rest of the yeah, I know. community. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he is the only, he is second to win the Norris in his sophomore season, joining the company of only Bobby Orr. So only Orr and Fox, both three-letter names, both outstanding defensemen, have won the Norris in their sophomore season. So good for him. No one gets points on that either because none of us. No, really no, win. no one does. <laughs> Those yeah, those keeping cool. keeping track at home, make sure none of us get points because we we're all just I, I currently, don't know. Currently it is zero zero two one. Luke has a one point lead on stack and a two point lead on me and Steve. Based so, off of an a rock, paper, scissors bout. Yes, but rock, paper, scissors knows all. Stack continue. The rock, paper, scissors was also very delayed. So uh, I'm not <laughs> it was very it. delayed. I'm not saying that there's a conspiracy against wait, me, wait. but I'm not not saying there is. Hear me out. I have a better idea. Give us both a half. Okay, that, that, that's fair. I'll, I'll do that. We I'll can do that. that. I'm, I will agree to a half point. Stop the steal. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. 
more like stop the rock because you know get it rock anyways um next one we're gonna look at is the heart trophy which is the most valuable player voted on by the hockey writers association josh who'd we pick so luke picked eichel steve jokingly picked eichel but said actually mckinnon i picked mckinnon and stack picked matthews here's why i picked mckinnon because whoever wins the Lindsay also wins the hard. That so was exactly of, what. Instead of hedging my bets here, I decided to go all in. That was exactly what you said in the episode too. <laughs> and, and and as my portfolio, my crypto portfolio will tell you, never go all in on what I think is going to happen. You never go full, Steve. <laughs> and 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 stack. Um... Let's take a guess. Who won the heart? Um, well, Steve was right. It is whoever won the Lindsay. It was Connor McDavid. Yeah, MVP, 105 points this year in a shortened season. So good on him. Um, really over him. So who, should, should who I, did, can I get a half point for calling that the heart? Yeah, won? I'll give you a half point, Steve. But I also kind of want to give Stack a half point because North – Division. Mm, no, no. No. Okay. Uh, no. I I will not accept that half point. No. Okay. All right. Admirable. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, next we're looking at the player with the best sportsmanship, the Lady Bing Trophy. Josh, who did we pick? Well, this one was a little weird because only two of you actually gave your answers. Luke and I did not say anyone, but Steve and Stack, Steve picked. Tavares and stack picked Matthews. Oof. Okay. No one. <laughs> Literally no one. No, I, I think I do because Matthews was a finalist. Oh yeah, that's true. A finalist, sure, right. but the winner that round. The winner of the trophy was Jacob Slavin of the Carolina Hurricanes. Good on him. I love Jacob Slavin. I think he's very like Good defenseman. He's a really good number two, number three. Yeah. Underrated guy. And also took one penalty the entire year. One two-minute penalty. Yeah, for as good as Slavin was, though, um, I did technically pick a finalist, so I think I deserve a point for this round. I gave you a half point, so now you're back half. at even points. Half. <laughs> no, no, he gets a full point. We said closest. Okay, we said closest. That's right. All right, you're right. You're right. Okay, so like now Steve said, stop the steal, bro. You're right. Just because he's a Leaf fan doesn't mean you can discriminate. You're two and a half now. Luke is yeah. at one and a half. Steve is at a half, and I'm at zero. <laughs> As Leaf fans will tell you, our worst discriminators are ourselves. Um. <laughs> all right. For the next one we're going to look at is the Sunky Trophy, which is the best defensive forward voted on by the Hockey Writers Association. Josh, who did we pick? So the Three Stooges picked Mark Stone, and I picked Patrice Bergeron. So all three of you picked Mark Stone. <laughs> who was a finalist? Fair. So... So you all get a third point. Jesus Christ, my fractions no. are going to work. No, how about no. we just all get one point? Yeah. And then I just sit here with nothing? That's <laughs> your own fault. Bergeron yeah, was also a finalist, was he not? I don't think he was, was he? I don't know, but tell us who the winner was, Stack. Well, 
some other greater minds well, that be look up the finalists. The winner was quite obviously not either Bergeron or Stone, but it was Sasha Barkov. First time winner, too. I think it was very he well deserved. It. He does deserve that. Shit, yeah, all, all four of us will get a point. All righty. Patrice Bergeron was a finalist for so the in, in other words, no one got a point because the yeah. separation does not change, but this way Josh doesn't have a goose egg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, that's all that matters point. in my mind. But The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. enigma. Well, to that end, finally, I'm glad to see that the NHL has some, you know, in some choices this year with both the Norris and with this kind of gone off their board with their usual choices and and usual finalists. But next we're going to get into some of the trophies that aren't voted on, but rather statistical trophies. And the first one we're going to look at is the rocket Richard trophy. And Josh, who did we pick? I picked Taylor Hall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just, 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 Cut if, him if out you of the count posts, yes. <laughs> Steve picked Alex Ovechkin. Luke picked Alex Ovechkin with a wild card of Jeff Skinner, and Stack was dead on the nose with Austin Matthews. Stack See, it's two points Sometimes for that. being a homer pays off. Wait, two points. So two points for being dead on balls accurate. All right. It's Dead an industry balls term. Accurate. Two it's an industry term. <laughs> so yeah, obviously that my whole pick place. was like a shot in the dark, hope and a prayer that him and Eichel were just going to pop off. There were a few other Eichel Hall influenced picks that we will get to shortly. This is this is more unfortunate for me and Steve picking someone who's won it the most times than anybody in the NHL ever has and who ended up having less point, less goals than Sam Reinhart, who isn't known for goal scoring. Right. <laughs> yeah. And also um, the Jeff Skinner wildcard. Uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. See that assumes that Ralph Kruger wasn't one of the worst coaches to ever be employed in the NHL. So I- I'll cut you a little slack there. Same with Dylan cousins. Moving on. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. I had to be a little bit of a homer myself, so. Well, not moving on quite yet. Um, so Matthews had 41 goals in 52 games in the regular season, which is just insane. But he could only muster one in seven playoff games. Moving on. Um, <laughs> next we're going to look at is the Art Ross Trophy, the one with most points in the league. The answer is pretty obvious, but before we even talk about it, Josh, who did we pick? How bad is this? Another Hall Eichel influence pick by me. I picked either Hall or Eichel. And I wrote in next to that in all caps, oof. <laughs> um, Luke and Stack both picked McKinnon and Steve picked McDavid. Ah, point for Steven. Two points. Two points. So I did hedge my bets here. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, so. Obviously, I was very high on the Kool-Aid and was very much ready for Eichel, McDav- Eichel Hall to be the next big thing. Um, Me and Stack had the right idea going. He just couldn't quite get there. The injuries played him. He missed, like, what, seven, eight, nine games? Yeah, something like that. And his half of his team was injured this whole yeah. season. Or yeah. suspended. 
That too. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, surprised no one picked Kucherov. Shut uh, up, Steve. <laughs> Fair. He might he might win the cons, might, but we'll talk. He about better that. not. You should get the band aid award. If they if they did all that shit all season and now he comes back and wins the cons, might. I'm not watching a single game next year. And I'm going to, you know, instead of having my trade corner, I'm going to have, like, a, my lacrosse corner, and I'm going to just talk <laughs> about the NLL or something. What about football? You could, you could be our Bills guy. Yeah, I'll I be the, the bandits are going to be really good this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Based on no knowledge. <laughs> I don't even know how John the game's Tavares. played. Bandits legend John Tavares, uncle of current Maple Leaf John Tavares. Yes. Um, anyways. Next, we're going to get into some off-ice awards looking at the Jack Adams trophy. Josh, who did we pick for this? I'm going to save Luke's pick for last. I don't want to talk about it. Someone picked Kruger. (laughs) Steve picked John Cooper, and me and Stack both picked Keith. Luke picked Ralph Kruger, but with the notion of only if the Sabres make the playoffs because the award specifically states a coach that vastly improved his team from the year prior. Did did I did I make any other choices than that? Did I mention any other names? What do you mean? Like in that episode, did I mention any other names that it could be? No. no oh you're boy. On Kruger. Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were very, very as, as, past Luke. As those listening know, um, if you've been around at least for the past what? Four months, three months. Um, we all know that I really despise Ralph Krueger. Uh huh. I had such high hopes. Wait, actually, no. You did mention one other name that I'm thinking about. You mentioned Lindy Ruff. Ah, oh, and the other team that was really bad this year. It, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. I love the Devils. But um, what's funny is none of us picked any of the finalists. So stack. Who were the finalists and who won? Well, I don't know who were the finalists, but I know who won, and it was Rod Brindamore. Uh, I know the, the finalists. It was Rod Brindamore, Dean Everson, I think, from Minnesota. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then... Joel Quenville from Joel Florida. Quenville. That is correct. Wow. I, think, I think Everson should have got it. I really... I mean, Carolina, I don't think changed that much. They, they lost I, in the second round. Yeah, but here's the thing. Carolina went from what, like six seed last year, seven seed, to Ooh, three or four, I thought. No, because it was when the it was still when the divisions were normal. Oh, right. Yeah. And to the number one seed that almost won the President's Trophy. But when you look at Minnesota and what they did against Vegas. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It depends on season season long. We're not just talking against one series. That's fair. I don't know. All right. Well, while we're on the topic of coaches, something I wanted to run by you guys. I think this guy is absolutely terrible, and I'm surprised that he is still employed. Peter DeBoer. I think he's a terrible coach. I think he's what's holding Vegas back outside of their center depth. They should have kept more. How yeah. in the world is he still employed when Vegas has been very quick on the trigger with a lot of key pieces? Most definitely, they should have kept Gallant. Uh, they fired him after, what, one losing streak in t- two and a half seasons? Well, now that I think about it, he was kind of losing 
that team a little bit. Like Still, more. though. Yeah. I'm not and sure. you replace with Peter DeBoer, who has one good year and then is just terrible. I know, After he had just adjustments, his lineups suck. He was okay for a season in New Jersey, then they sucked. Went to San Jose, had one good season, then they sucked. Now After San he Jose had just... is a dumpster fire because they lost their opportunity. Their window closed because Peter DeBoer wasted their window. And now he's he... in Vegas going to do the same thing. How is this man still employed? Exactly, because they hired him not too long after he got fired from San Jose. Their rival. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that was a weird hire choice. But speaking of weird choices, um, this next one we're going to talk about is the GM of the Year Award. So, Josh, who did we choose for this? Um, Stack, I'm going to start with your choice. Oh, no. <laughs> Pierre Dorian of the Ottawa Senators. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, uh, well, I'm kind of in the same boat as you because I picked Steve Eiserman. Um, see, two, those were two guys who made nice, low key moves. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say the, the for... Mantha trade was low key, but. And it wasn't also, it's going to go to somebody who makes the playoffs, not oh, yeah. a bottom feeder. I, I then, think I had Ottawa as a sleeper team to at least get close. Right. You, you, that was another play, making the playoff situation, like with Luke with yeah. Kruger. It was if Ottawa made the playoffs. He would have won it. Yeah, he should have won it. Um, Luke, you you picked Vegas's GM, who you said was George McPhee, but it's actually Kelly McCrimmon. <laughs> And we all agreed with you that it was George McPhee. So we're all stupid, but it is Kelly McCrimmon. Um, it was it was George McPhee before. It, yeah. The, uh, McCrimmon came in, I want to say, the start of last year. So yeah, not the past that, season, but the season before. Uh, McPhee was in there for, I think, two he was, years. And yeah, then, he was there for the Then he moved up the ladder. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to say, yo, we weren't wrong. We were just using alternative facts. Yes, we were. Um, and then, Steve, you picked the guy who started it all, Julian Brisebois, the cap circumvention god. <laughs> That's where I was going with the started it all. But, yeah, so we were all way off on this one as well. So I, I think Steve deserves a point here purely for the fact of if Tampa wins the cup, which it looks like they will, I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want fucking Montreal to come down, come back from down three, one again. But um, if, if Tampa Bay wins, Breeze bra who was left off the list would have beat the other three finalists for this award. I bet you the only reason they did it is because everyone's calling out Tampa Bay for circumventing the cap. They're 100% going to change the rules on long-term IR this offseason. Oh, I can funny? tell you there are 31 GMs who are pissed that Tampa Bay is getting away with this. What's yeah. funny is last CBA like discussion, Tampa Bay was the only team to bring up the idea of Hey, maybe we shouldn't use this LTIR thing because it could lead because it was right after they lost to the Hawks who did the same thing with Patrick Kane. And it was funny because 
they were like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this in the new CBA. And every other team was just laughing at them. And it's like, okay, you just made a villain story. And here so, they are six the, years the, later, the, <laughs> kicking your ass. <laughs> the big thing behind it, though, is the teams were okay with it for like a few mil. Because Chicago is only, what, eight to ten? Over? A few. I believe. <laughs> It's better than the 20 over no, that. I think it was even less. I think it was only like five. Yeah, it's better than the 20 over that Tampa Bay is right now. Yes. Yeah, you either die a hero, you live long enough to become the villain. <laughs> oh, damn. Yep. So, next, we're going to look at the Jennings Trophy, which goes wait, to wait, the two goals. Did we, did we say who the winner was of that one? Oh, you no, did we not. didn't. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, it was Lou, uh, Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders. But Steve's pick, Julian Brisebois, when Tampa wins, will have beat the other three finalists. That those being Bill Zito and whoever Carolina's. Mark, no, it's not Carolina. It's Mark Bergevin of the Canadians. Is it was the other finalist? Oh right. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, if Brisebois wins, he would have beat Lamorello. He would have beat Bill Zito, and he would have beat Mark Bergevin's teams. That's ironic. Yeah. I, I, I just want to say state this for the record. I was wrong about uh, – crap, I am totally blanking on his name. You literally just said it. Montreal Bill Zito. Bergevin. Oh, Bergevin. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I brain fart. Anyways, I, I always had uh, Bergevin in the dumb GM category. But the guy has made moves that have paid off. That Weber for Subban trade, everyone dunked on him when it happened. And guess who's laughing now? It's he's done a lot of things that haven't worked, but he's done a lot that has worked. And it in the Stanley Cup final for better or for worse. This is an argument for another time, but I disagree with you on that purely because last year Montreal was the 24th place team. And they beat Pittsburgh, who, like this year, was massively flawed, but a good regular season team. And this year they were, I think, 18th of 24 of 18th of 16 teams to make it. He builds teams built for the playoffs, which is good. But in normal years, they wouldn't have made it. Right. Anyways, I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll just leave it off with. He had the balls to fire his GM when they were still in a or his uh head coach when they were still in a playoff spot and it's worked out. Yeah, and Fair. to to that end, you know, as much as I can say, oh, they're not built for the playoffs, they beat my team. So I guess what I say, you know, I'll just go fuck myself. Anyways. He, he at least has a vision and he's not he, he's not Jason Botterill where he's just going to sit around flaccid and not do anything. It, he'll, he'll actually go out and make a move and put his neck on the line. I respect that. Right. Next for the trophy list, we're going to be looking at the Messier award, which if I'm not mistaken is a leadership award. I can't. Mm-hmm. Picked by but, Messier. Yeah. So Josh, who did we pick for the Messier award? So, we all were under the assumption of a Canadian winning it purely because Canadian bias. Steve picked Connor McDavid. I picked not, well, I don't know. I can't remember if he's Canadian. Ryan O'Reilly. Um, yeah. 
Luke picked Jack Eichel because he was going to quote unquote Josh Allen himself and be the leader of this town like Josh. I was Allen. really hoping he would. Jack Eichel's not Canadian. I know that that is very that. not Canadian. And then stacked with the closest selection, Shea Weber. Because I don't Shea think I deserve a point. For I, no, that, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, that wasn't because that that wasn't your closest selection. You had the finalist being Bergeron, Weber, and the winner who was Bergeron. Okay, I can't remember who the third finalist you picked was. I thought it was not Bergeron. Brain fart. But probably yeah. to, it was probably Tavares, knowing me. Yes, it was Tavares. Now that you, now that you say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, I will happily take a point. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that ward is such a crapshoot, man. Yeah. I don't – that's another thing. Why the fuck did this league give an award and that one man choose the award every well, What happens well, when he dies? <laughs> like, uh, the award probably stops being a thing. Or his, or his kid lives it on. Yeah. If he has a kid. Then they should make it the Phil Kessel Award. Let Phil pick something. And and, and the award is just a, a, a hot dog. <laughs> I was going to say it's a, nice, it's a metal hot dog. Hot dog. Oh, my God. And then instead of cup rings, like around Onion it, rings. Onion rings. <laughs> or just cheeseburgers. Just... <laughs> Moving uh, on. Bill Kessel, you are a beauty. <laughs> Moving on. I agree. Anyways, we're going to look at two awards that we didn't really make choices for. You forgot the Jennings. Awards video. Oh, we skipped the Jennings? Yes, you did. You were going to go into it, and then you oh. forgot about it. How did I? Okay, anyways. The Jennings Award is for the two goalies who amount to the most wins combined for the regular season and um, we I it is it's um, best best um goals against is best it? goals against yes it's whoever whatever mm-hmm. goalies are the best goals against for the season man i've been an awful Go- host. goalie or goalies minimum 25 games played oh right i knew games was in there somewhere but you're right it is it is goals yep. against and josh who were our choices for that so, Stack, you didn't pick anyone. Probably a good thing. <laughs> Luke, I agreed with you. I rem- I listened, and I did agree with you. St- uh, Steve picked Varlamov. Goodbye. Um, Luke, Luke picked Leonard and Flurry, And, yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to say, fuck you. Uh, but in, in all seriousness... The Islanders were probably pretty close, right? Yeah, they had to have been. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try and look at that. Because Sorokin was very, very good as a backup than no one expected him to be. Um, Varlamov was number four, and Sorokin was number seven. Flurry was number three, and Leonard was number eleven. Oh. In terms of goals against average. Oh. Well, it's total goals against for your team yeah like the combined number. when it breaks it down because it can be one person that wins it if a goalie usually if a goalie is under two somehow they'll win it but if They're not yeah exactly yeah but the tandem that won it was 
Leonard and Fleury. So I will give Luke a full point and myself a half point for or, or I'm sorry, Luke two points and myself one point. I was gonna give myself half of what Luke got. Thank you. I was gonna say, hang on, if we get it right, we get two. Yeah. So stack, run down the last couple that we didn't talk about, and then I will go over the final scores. All right. So the two that we did not talk about were the King Clancy Award for humanitarian and leadership qualities on and off of the ice and the Masterton trophy, which is a dedication to the game and comeback good feel good story player trophy. First looking at the King Clancy award, Pekka Rene of Nashville won that. Good on him. Yeah. Good on him. Um, Well known that him and PK Subban both on the same team are very great on and off ice leaders. Um, so it's good to see him. They win. they have they they have, they hold a very big part of the Nashville community. I'm pretty he sure they have a not on a, Nashville anymore. Right, but I, I'm pretty sure when he was there, they had a joint like aid thing. They had a joint a joint organization. They did there. because PK did the same thing um, in Montreal as well. Right. Okay. Well, was it a five k fun run? For the cure for rabies. What? Oh. <laughs> Season four, episode one, The Office. Wow. I hate that you know it that well. Stack, what is the final award that we did not get the chance to get to? That was the Masterton Trophy, and that was won by Oscar Lindblom of the Philadelphia Flyers. No one else should have won it besides him. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I will argue that Jack Campbell should have been a finalist, but he definitely was not going to win it with Lindblom in the league. It was um, cool that Michael Hauser was the Sabres nominee because of all of his life struggles before hockey with his surgeries and shit and just his journey to the NHL. But I'm not saying that he should have won it over Lindblom by any means. The yeah, three fine. The three finalists were Lynn Blom, obviously, who won it, and then Matt Dumba and Patrick Marlowe. Marlowe, I mean, he's 41 years old and still playing in the NHL. Yeah. And he, and he, you know, maybe that's why they didn't end up giving it to Marlowe is because, one, because of Lynn Blom, but two, because he beat Gordie Howe's games played record. Yeah, and he already has probably That will probably never be beat ever again. Um, Especially if Marlowe players, plays next year. Yeah, and until players start having bionic backs and knees, then it's never going to happen again. So, yeah. Well, Eichel wants a bionic neck, so we might see that pretty soon. Yeah, he'll... <laughs> Imagine never having a stiff neck when you wake up ever again. Ah, <laughs> if only. Imagine but your ears turning every time you check your blind spot. You can turn your head 360 like an owl. But um, anyhow, that was our award predictions and those Warrior NHL award winners. Josh, how did we do with closeness? The scores were tragically lost in a fire. Um, no, I'm just no he's just mad that he lost. In last place, the lovely person speaking and your editor, Josh, with two points. Attaboy. Yeah, great, great things. You're doing great things over there. Tied for second. Steve and Luke with four and a half points. Damn it. 
and in first place, your lovely host for this segment, Michael L. Stack with six and a half points. Damn. Yeah. Stack always wins. He won our uh, playoff bracket challenge last year, too. And, and let's remember second. who was in last for the playoff bracket challenge, Devin Dubnik. Okay. To, in all fairness to Steve, after that play-in round, Steve was – Steve, I think Steve won after the playoff after the play-in. Yeah, he did. The I problem remember. was I went one for seven in the first in the round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, for those of you who uh, ha- haven't been listening that long, uh, I I went. <laughs> the statistical anomaly was me. Yeah. That being said. Congratulations to all the winners um, of this year's NHL awards. Obviously, there are two more awards to be had, one team award and one player award, and that is the Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe. Game five is tomorrow. Tampa leads 3-1 after Montreal's nice overtime win from Josh Anderson, who was a trade deadline acquisition. So, Had two trade- goals last night as well. Trade deadline acquisitions always end up somehow coming in clutch in the playoffs. He keeps Montreal alive. Anderson was in the offseason. He was part of the Max Domi trade. You're right. Nice. I know that. (laughs) Whatever. Y'all know what I mean. Did did, did you guys see that? I just took all the wind out of Luke's sails. A little bit. But it's fine. It's fine. Game five is tomorrow night, Wednesday, July 7th. Um, personally, I'm hoping for a Montreal win. Um, you know, they were down three, one to Toronto too. So don't bring that up. Don't do that. Sorry, stack. I had to, sorry. It's stack, been a I great show, guys. Could, could, could we <laughs> Next week possibly... you'll be listening to the frozen three podcast. <laughs> oh God. Going back to our early days. <laughs> um, I think Tampa's mayor has jinxed them. And they're going to lose in seven. Because she said before game four, hey, guys, take it easy in game four. Win it at home. Bring it on home to Tampa. Because they couldn't win it at home last year because they were in the bubble. And now she's like, oh, guys, just just win it. Just just win it at home. You're fine. Oh, boy. If they lose in seven, she will not get reelected. <laughs> yeah. The phrase literally too stupid to insult comes to mind. Uh yeah. I do see what she was saying. I I, I no, get no, it. No, I, I I understand what you're saying, but you never say that. Yes, ever. right. You cl- clearly someone who's not paid attention to hockey ever, because the hockey gods are vengeful assholes. And you they say also one a, thing, and they will skewer you for it. There is also a very deserving Canadian goaltender with his sights on his first ever Stanley Cup, and the hockey gods will favor that over a team that just won it. <laughs> Hopefully. The hockey gods gave us one of the least entertaining finals in a long time. I don't care at all. I don't care whatsoever. Tampa Bay is a super team that clearly cheated to have all these players in clearly said to top players, Hey, you're, you're going to be hurt this year. You know, come back for the playoffs and we'll just repeat. And what sucks is Kucherov is banged up and I guarantee he could very well be quote unquote out for next year again. So hopefully we don't see that happen. And I, 
just I, I don't care. I, I don't care about this series <laughs> whatsoever. And this this is where the sass comes in. Like I was watching Grey's Anatomy reruns instead. Like, that I found more enjoyment in that. I was playing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on my Xbox. I found that more interesting than this series. Oh, yeah, oof. think about that. And it lags a lot, but I found it more interesting. <laughs> think about that. That being said, again, game five is tomorrow. We'll see a one last award winner. Um, most likely, depending on the series goes, it's going to be Braden Point. And if Montreal does win, it is hands down, no doubtably, Carey Price. Yes. But with that, we're going to jump into the closing time as we're running out of time here on the Frozen Four podcast. Josh, what do you got for us for closing time? Um, not much. Uh, to continue with last week's little um, thing about me getting back into reading, um, I read a, I finished a book for the first time in three years at the end of at the beginning of last week. And now that we're here, I started a book on Friday, and I'm 50 pages away from finishing it. I read 250 pages in three days. I have a problem. Someone entertain me. <laughs> um, but no, no, ain't nothing wrong with that. I do that shit no, all the time. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've awesome. been, I gave you one to read. I'm reading that one next when I finish this one tonight. Um, but also some good um, wholesome news. I will get to see my grandma on Saturday for the first time since COVID started. And actually, first time since Christmas before COVID. So I'm very excited for that. Love um, that for you. It's 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 going to be awesome. So other than that, that's all I got. Love to hear it. Steve, what you got for us? Uh, nothing much. You, you would think uh, after having a week off, I'd have some crazy story like, you know, my girlfriend sinking in a lake in her kayak or some camel trying to eat my car. But honestly, I, I don't really have much. It was a pretty low key weekend, believe it or not. Uh, this past fourth entertaining parts were cooking up some uh, swordfish on the grill and me dressing up as uh, Uncle Sam, which I do every year since I, freshman year when I bought a uh, flag penny for a and a top hat for an America themed frat party. When I was rush, rushing a frat that no, I did not become part of that frat and that costume Thanks. might've been part of the reason why also thank God. Cause we would not be friends if you did. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I couldn't deal with people younger than me telling me what to do when I'm twice their size. <laughs> this, this was coming straight out of juniors when I was still in shape. Yeah. It didn't go over too well. <laughs> Stack, how about yourself? What you got for us for closing time? Um, not a whole lot of difference. Uh, last as the last few weeks, um, just working, searching for cars. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy going on <laughs> for me. Just being being a slave to the man, man. Not really all yep. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Luke, what about you? What do you got? Uh, so we're going to bring this back full circle. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I got a story for you guys. And boy, do I got a story for you guys from this weekend. So me me and the lady went to go visit um, my friend and her boyfriend for the 4th of July this past weekend out in a little town called Bainbridge, New York. 
Now, for those that don't know where that is, it's literally the middle of bumfuck nowhere. So, I'm sorry if we have any people listening from there. I apologize for this, but for the love of God, we're driving there. And somehow, somehow, I beat, me, me and my girlfriend beat my friend there. Even though we told them when we would be there. We get there, there is no service. We had to drive 15 minutes away from our Airbnb just to get service to try to call her. We finally got a hold of her when they were already there, and before we even said anything on the phone, all she said was, I know, I know. Because it's literally the middle of nowhere. We had no service. The only reason we were able to talk to anybody was because they had Wi-Fi there. It was such a shit show of a weekend. It was an odd fourth. Ended off with some nice fireworks and a nice drive back, and it was fine. And yesterday, I was able to blow up some more fireworks myself with all my friends and play some video games. So the fourth, the weekend of the fourth turned out to be pretty all right. The third and part of the fourth was not the best. And I got sunburned, so that just tops it all off. But other than that, follow us on our social medias. Twitter is at Frozen4Pod. The Instagram is at the Frozen, the number four podcast. And game five is tomorrow. For those that care to watch it, we all know Steve will not be watching it. Um, I might. No, you won't. We both know you won't. We all know oh, wait, you won't. I, I, have, I have my own game. Exactly. It'll probably be more entertaining. Probably. For you, at least. Fans of the team probably think otherwise. But, as I see every week, be safe, be smart, and go watch some playoff hockey.